With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio Studios. Brought to you by Geico. Friday edition. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. As well, heat is the main cause of battery failure. So it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Just about every team in the NFL, I believe, will officially be in the training camp this weekend. So your long national nightmare of no football is close to being over. And I saw one of the most crazy stories that I have seen in some time when it comes to the value of NFL players and it was uh, kind of came out the last few hours. It's Odell Beckham Jr. saying that he expects to be the highest paid player in all of the NFL. And I heard this and I said, my God, this can't possibly be true. I want you to hear it as well. Here's Odell Beckham Jr. saying that. It's like the elephant in the room and, you know, you don't want to talk about it. And I've gotten to the point in my life where like, no, nah, I'm going to, there's no need to not talk about it. I believe that I will be. Hopefully not just the highest paid receiver in the league, but the highest paid, period. What is the music in the background there? Was that like a 1980s, uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, maybe a little bit of Tybo, maybe a little bit of uh, like, uh, you know, Animal Hour, a little bit of uh, workout back in the day when the aerobics was kind of the king. Did you guys hear that? Was that in the locker room, in the interview, in the uh, background, or was that us? That clip was taken from Uninterrupted. From what is Uninterrupted? Not sure. That's what it says on the... Uh... On the sheet here. All right, that clip was from Uninterrupted. I don't know what uninterrupt, up to, uh, Uninterrupted is. but uh, Odell Justin Beckham, Cooper is telling us it's a podcast. Oh, it's a podcast. All right, well. Uh, so Odell Beckham Jr. saying that he expects to be the highest paid player in the NFL might be the most ridiculous thing I have heard an NFL player ever say about his salary. And I, am I the only person who thinks this? Look, we had yesterday my guy Todd Furman on. 
talking about the impact of players in the NFL. Odell Beckham Jr. is worth like one point to a game for the Giants. You may not like Eli Manning, but Eli Manning is infinitely more valuable to the New York Giants than Odell Beckham Jr. is. In fact, here is a list in my mind of all of the guys who are more valuable to their teams than Odell Beckham Jr. is. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, Sam Bradford, Kirk Cousins, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, Philip Rivers, Matt Stafford, Alex Smith, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Blake Bortles, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz. Every single starting quarterback in the NFL is more valuable to their team than Odell Beckham Jr., If the Giants make Odell Beckham Jr. the highest paid player in the history of the NFL, it's one of the dumbest decisions in the history of the NFL. Period. Look, I understand that there are a lot of people out there in the NFL media and in the NFL cottage industry. I saw uh, that we had the top 100 players from Peter King in Monday morning quarterback in the NFL as the season is prepared to begin. Guys, the top 32 are starting quarterbacks. Even the worst starting quarterback in the NFL is more important to whether or not his team wins than Odell Beckham Jr. And don't even get me started on the top 10 or 15 of those quarterbacks. There's this weird obsession in the NFL media with the idea that other positions matter and it always is insanely dumb there are tons of people right now who will argue that J.J. Watt if he's healthy is the best defensive player in the NFL do you know what impact J.J. Watt has in a game if he's not in there according to Las Vegas one point do you know what impact Brock Osweiler not starting had on a Vegas game three or four points so Brock Osweiler according to Vegas is worth three or four times the impact of the best defensive player in the game. And I'm not trying to pick on J.J. Watt. It's true for Odell Beckham Jr. It's true for Rob Gronkowski. Every other position doesn't matter very much. And I don't know whether this is like old school NFL media, rah, rah, we've got to know about all these different positions. All you have to do pretty much is look at the quarterback and you can make a determination on who's going to win an NFL game. You know that for like the playoffs in the NFL, every single best quarterback won the playoff games with the possible exception, a toss-up of whether Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers was the better quarterback last year. I believe I'm correct in that there were 12, am I right? Six teams make, uh, make the playoffs on each side. There were 12 games total played once the NFL playoffs start all the way through the Super Bowl. Arguably, the 12 best quarterback won the game. The 12 best quarterbacks won every NFL playoff game. Now, again, the only one that you can debate is whether Matt Ryan was better than Aaron Rodgers. Because, and and honestly, Matt Ryan had a better year, but I think you could make the argument that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. That's the only one you can even make the argument on. And again, Matt Ryan was so good last year that I think it's more fair to say that Matt Ryan was better than Aaron Rodgers. If you take that side of the argument, 
12 NFL postseason games, 12 times the better quarterback won. You didn't even need to know any of the other people on the roster. All you had to do to pick a winner was look at the two quarterbacks and say which one is better. This idea that's out there that Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston and Dak Prescott and a lot of other young quarterbacks are somehow less valuable than Odell Beckham Jr. is insane. Is there a single person listening to us right now who would make I, – I mean, I'm curious because I, 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 I can't believe there's not any pushback on this. Like, I don't blame Odell Beckham Jr. for saying he wants to be the highest-paid player in the NFL. I want to be the highest-paid player per, person in radio one day. Like, there's no harm in wanting to make as much money as you possibly can. That's the foundation of capitalism. But the fact that there's no pushback and nobody's like, well, I mean, I'd rather pay the 32nd best quarterback more than Odell Beckham Jr. Eli Manning needs to make infinitely more money than Odell Beckham Jr. The fact that there's no pushback on this is one of the most ridiculous things I've seen as camp season basically arrives in the NFL. 877-996-6369 if you want to weigh in on that. Let's also talk a little bit about who's going to surprise, who's not going to surprise. The NFL is here. I'm ready for football season. I'm like you guys. I'm ready for the games to begin, both college and pro. We'll take your calls on that as well. I'll tell you as we enter the season, if I believe, which I do, All that matters in the NFL is your quarterbacks. I'm going to give you my top 14 quarterbacks as we enter the NFL season. And I'm going to tell you that I believe those top 14 are the only teams that can win the Super Bowl, and it's all predicated on how good their quarterback position is. We'll see whether the crew here agrees or disagrees with my top 14, and you can tell me whether or not you agree right now. Is there anyone out there in America, all 50 states, as the nation is waking up, you're driving into work, you're finishing off your shift, whatever you are doing, is there a single person who believes that Odell Beckham Jr. should be the highest paid player in the NFL? I love how stories like this get started, and then there's no basis whatsoever for the opinion to actually exist. 877-996-6363. Six nine. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. My top 14 quarterbacks in the NFL. On the flip side here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Uh, bringing in the crew. Is there anybody out there, and maybe there is because some of you are idiots, like, for instance, Justin Cooper thinks that Chick-fil-A sucks, that believes Odell Beckham Jr. should be the highest-paid player in the NFL. Let's go to Jason Martin to begin. Absolutely not. Uh, he should not be the top-paid top paid player in the NFL. He is arguably, maybe, the best wide receiver in football. For my money, I don't know that I would go there. But in terms of quarterback's relevance... By the way, relevance, do you even buy that he's the best wide receiver in no, football? I would no, rather have Julio Jones. I mean, I'd rather at least discuss Julio Jones. I'd rather at least discuss Antonio Brown. I think both those two guys have an argument to make, and there's some young talent in the league that might challenge him as well. I think Odell is certainly in that discussion, but I don't think being in the best wide receiver in the league discussion should put you in the highest-paid player in the NFL discussion. And when the you were easy, talking about- easy way to answer this is if you put Odell Beckham Jr. on the Cleveland Browns, 
what is their record this coming season? Because to me, like the way you quantify best is you say, okay, one way you can quantify best is let's take the best player and put him on the worst team and see how much of a difference he makes. If you to put Odell Beckham Jr. on the Cleveland Browns this coming year, the Cleveland Browns might win one more game with him, right? If you took, let's say, Aaron Rodgers and put him on the Cleveland Browns, I think the Cleveland Browns would make the playoffs or have a good shot to make the playoffs. Like they would be at worst an eight and eight caliber team. So Aaron Rodgers, to me, what did they go? Two and 14 last year, the Browns? I'm sorry, Browns fans, for bringing up last year and basically every year that you've ever existed. But what did they go? Two and 14 last year or was it one and 15? I can't even remember. But he's worth at least six games, Aaron Rodgers is, to the Cleveland Browns. Odell Beckham Jr. might be worth one game, and that might be an exaggeration. I'm not even sure that he's worth one game. If you can take him and he's truly the best player in the league and you put him on a team, he should be able to put a team into the playoffs or at least in the vicinity of the playoffs. That's what the best team, best guy in the NFL does. You put Brady, you put Aaron Rodgers, you put maybe Matt Ryan. I mean, they've got some decent talent at wide receiver. With a good quarterback, the Cleveland Browns wouldn't be awful. With a decent wide receiver, they've already got decent wide receivers, and they still suck. With even a great wide receiver like Odell Beckham Jr., they're still not very good. So, like, am I the only person who's saying this is pure lunacy? The idea that he could be the highest paid player in the NFL, it's completely indefensible by anyone who has a functional brain. If the Giants do this, they should fire everybody in the front office. The And it was weird that this story came out the same day as the MMQB's top 400 that you referenced in the first segment. And only two of the top 15 are quarterbacks. That's Which so, is just, I mean, that's like absolutely absurd. Why do people absurd. try so hard? I think like, it's why like, is Peter it all King... football players matter? Is that what this is? Is it all football player lives matter? I, I that think they're trying to is... like move this around so that it doesn't look so top heavy because they want to spread the wealth around here? I don't. I don't get it. Otherwise, because it I makes that, absolutely no sense. I think NFL media feel an obligation to pretend that quarterbacks don't matter as much in the NFL as they do because if all that matters is quarterbacks, and I'm correct, all that matters is quarterbacks then their jobs aren't that useful. Like if MMM, if MQB or whatever the heck that thing's called comes out with their top 400 players and the top 32 are all quarterbacks, which is what it should be, it should just be a ranking of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, then people are like, why do we even read your site? They got to be like, oh, you know, the well, who, was, who, who are the top five? Do you all have right. that list in front of you so right I'm now? Just, yeah, I've got the list in front of me. So get this. Only four of the top 28 are quarterbacks, but here's the top <laughs> I mean, five. That's so, so stupid. Tom Brady is one. Okay. J.J. Watt is two. Stupid. Von Miller is three. Stupid. Luke Keekley is four. Get the F out of here. Le'Veon Bell is five, and then you get Aaron Rodgers at six, and then you don't get another quarterback until Ben Roethlisberger at 16, which I would argue he would not be the third on my list. And then the fourth quarterback is Matt Ryan at 28. And if you would just, just for contact's sake, Odell Beckham is ranked 23rd. So that right, would kill so- his case dead right there. Anybody, let's bring in uh, L.A. Sometimes they have ludicrous opinions because they're Laker fans. Uh, Danny G, any way on earth that Odell Beckham Jr. should be the highest paid player in the NFL? Hell no. And I don't even think he believed it, Clay. Did you hear that in his voice on the clip? I mean, I think he was just kind of saying it as, I wish, I would like, I hope, of course, that uh, I would be the number one paid receiver and player. But he can't even think that this is going to happen. The Giants aren't going to give him that kind of dough. I mean, who would be Odell Beckham Jr. in the NBA? Like, because I'm saying Odell Beckham Jr. can't be more than like the 50th best player uh, in John, the NFL. John Wall. 
John Wall is way better than the 50th best player in the NBA. I'm trying to think of like who would yeah, legitimately have to be somebody use... that can't have the ball in their hands without it being given to them. It has, the it has to be somebody best like player in the Green. NBA. Oh, so like a spot up, like yeah, a really good exactly. spot up. JJ Reddick has to get the ball given to them, like a Clay Thompson, even maybe. No, Clay Thompson's way better than the 50th. I mean, JJ Reddick. No, no, he's not that. He's not that. That's that's not that JJ Reddick's not good, but that's that's a little bit low, I'd say. I mean, he's making twenty million dollars. I mean, so. I think J.J. Redick, I don't know. I think J.J. Redick's probably around the 50th best player in the NBA, would be my guess. I mean, but that's where I think Odell Beckham Jr. should be ranked roughly in terms of where he's paid. And But how funny would it be if J.J. Redick came out and said, oh, I expect to be the highest paid player in the NBA. Like, he would get ridiculed to the high heavens. Howard is like, I'm the only person who's saying, you know what, this Odell Beckham Jr. thing is insane. Uh, Justin Cooper, uh, do you even agree on this, or you think Odell Beckham Jr. should be the highest paid player? I don't think he should be the highest paid player, but I don't think that's the the best comparison, J.J. Redick, because... Come up with whoever you think the 50th best player in the NBA is. Well, it wouldn't be Redick. See, I don't think you can only judge it by that, and because and I, I think you got to go with, you know, in terms of his value, it's his marketability, you know, so he brings... Nah, he can make as much money off the field as he wants. Right, like, but whoever no, I, wants I'm saying to sign he, him, he brings, Powerade can give him as much money as they want. True, but I'm saying he also brings value to the team. How many people go out to get, you know, a Giants jersey because they want Odell Beckham? Odell jersey. Beckham Jr. brings almost zero value to the New York Giants. The number, of, like, they're sold out. All of their tickets are sold out. All of the television deals are sold. They make hardly any money off of jerseys. Like, the, the amount of money, they, I bet... I bet the New York Giants make more money selling beer in the stadium than they do off jerseys. Jerseys is one of the least valuable things. Like that, that is people come out all the time and they're like, "How in the world can a college player feel like he's, you know, has any value when he sees his jersey and he doesn't get any of that money?" If you go look at the revenue that colleges get from jerseys that they sell, most and I think I'm correct in this, most all colleges make like maybe a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year off of jersey sales. That's a licensing deal. They make almost no money off of those. So I don't know exactly what the dollar figure is that the Giants would make off of jersey sales, but I I bet you that they make more money selling beer in the football stadium than they do off of individual player jersey sales. So like Odell, I mean this honestly, Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't add a single dollar to the franchise value right now of the New York Giants. Now, if you have a quarterback and he's locked in at a young age for years to come, that can happen. But the quarterback can still get hurt. Like individual players, by and large, don't add much value to the NFL franchises for which they play because NFL careers outside of quarterbacks aren't that long. In five years, Odell Beckham Jr. is probably going to be pretty much done, right? The New York Giants franchise is going to have value long after and had a value long before and have a value long after Odell Beckham Jr. Right. I mean, but you're talking about the, you know, the New York Giants, the New York team, you know, you're you're probably right in the fact that they'd be, you know, be selling out the the stadium regardless, but you don't think if he went to a team like I think you brought up the Cleveland Browns earlier, he might not add any wins to the team, but you don't think he would add, you know, people wanting to come see the games because not of really. his personality? I, I, I don't. I think it would actually it would be the worst thing that could happen to Odell Beckham Jr. because he would go to a crappy team and you'd be like, holy crap. If a wide receiver goes to a bad team, he has zero impact. People would say, like, that That to me is, that's why I always say, and there's like always an argument in NFL media. Like, who should be the MVP? Should it be Ezekiel Elliott, J.J. Watt, whatever? Like, anybody who argues for anything other than the quarterback to be the MVP of the league in the NFL 
should not be allowed to speak about the NFL in public settings. And I don't know why that is for the NFL. The NFL uniquely in media. It's like NFL people who cover the media are not allowed to admit how good quarterbacks are because and how important they are because then it takes away the importance of the NFL media. Like if Peter King is ranking the 400 best players in the NFL and he does what he should do and put the 32 NFL starting quarterbacks as the 32 most important, people are going to say, wait a minute, what about Rob Gronkowski? Like if you take Rob Gronkowski off of the New England Patriots and you put him on the San Francisco 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers don't win a single more game with him this year. If you put Tom Brady on the San Francisco 49ers this year, the 49ers have a decent chance to make the playoffs. The fact that people don't see that makes me want to pull my hair out. This is one of the dumbest things that happens in the media and in the fan bases analyzing the value of players in the NFL. But was that list from from Peter King, was it the most valuable players or the best players? It was the best. It was the top 400. So there's no way that... that Best is the best and most valuable are the same thing to me. Uh, no, how can no, you say that Von many... Miller is not a better player than than Blake Bortles? Because the only thing that matters when you look at who's better is how much do they impact whether your team wins or loses. If you want to say, like, there's no point in ranking, to me, it Blake Bortles matters infinitely more than Von Miller. Is Von Miller better at his position than Blake Bortles is at his position? Yes. So Zero he's a doubt. better player. But the quarter, no. The quarterback position is so much more valuable than the defensive end position or any other position on the football field. I mean, easy answer. Like, just look at Vegas. Vegas people throw their hands up in the air and say, how are there so many stupid people covering the NFL that they're obsessed? Look at J.J. Watt, best defensive player for several years, right? He has had zero impact when it gets to the playoffs on whether his team has a chance to make the Super Bowl. Zero. He doesn't, and and they've got an incredible defense. The simple truth of the matter is this. All that matters in the NFL is your quarterback. Everything else is just noise. Odell Beckham Jr. looks like a pretty good receiver because Eli Manning is a pretty good quarterback who can push the ball down the field to him. But if suddenly he was on the Browns or the 49ers, nobody would talk about him. The team would be awful, and he wouldn't make them much better. If the Giants give this guy anywhere near major money, then I've lost all faith in the front office of the Giants. And if I were the team owner, I would wipe out everybody. 877-996-6369. Your phone calls. This is Outkick the Coverage. Let's find out what's trending now. I'm going to tell you the top 14 quarterbacks here on the flip side. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And if you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with TrueCar. It's fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com slash trade today. Is there a single person who has called Jason Martin arguing that Odell Beckham Jr. should be the highest paid player in the NFL? Not that I've seen, no. So this idea, and by the way, if you're just uh, just starting your day off, here's one of the most ridiculous things we've heard an athlete say in some time. Here's Odell Beckham Jr. saying he expects to become the highest paid player in the NFL. It's like the elephant in the room, and you know you don't want to talk about it. And I've gotten to the point in my life where like, nah, I'm gonna. There's no need to not talk about it. I believe that I will be, uh, hopefully, not just the highest paid receiver in the league, but the highest paid 
period. I believe that I will be. If he actually believes that, he's delusional. And if the Giants even make it anywhere near that, they're delusional. I would trade him. If I heard him say this and his agents are actually making that statement, like we expect to be not just the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, but the highest paid player in the NFL, I'd be like, okay, you're gone. I'm not even kidding about that. You would kill your franchise for years to come in the future if you give Odell Beckham Jr. that kind of money. Eli Manning should make orders of magnitude greater salary than Odell Beckham Jr. All right, here's my top 14. I almost feel like this fall, just to make this point and drive it home, we should not even rank teams. I should just every week rank the top 14 quarterbacks or the top 10 quarterbacks. You know how like last fall we came in and did power rankings of NFL teams? I'm of the opinion that the quarterback has become so paramount that we don't even need to rank the rest of the teams. Basically, all you need to know is the top 10 quarterbacks, and those are the guys that can win a championship this year. All right, are you ready? Do we have, like, ranking music? Should I? Should we, like, as with the NFL training camps come in, here are my preseason, before anybody gets injured, top 14 teams in the NFL. All right, that's a little bit of football music there in the background, some old NFL films. Best quarterback in the NFL as we enter training camp. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the single best quarterback in the NFL. Second best quarterback as we enter the NFL season. Tom Brady. All right, those are the two best. So if right now I were projecting who's going to be in the Super Bowl, just based on who the two best quarterbacks I believe are, then I would have the Green Bay Packers going up against the New England Patriots because, in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. Tom Brady is the second-best quarterback in the NFL. To me, the third-best quarterback in the NFL right now as we enter the season, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, the Falcons, won the Super Bowl last year. If they had just run the football after the catch made by Julio Jones, then we would be talking about that Julio Jones catch as one of the greatest plays and most clutch plays in the history of the NFL. Instead, ridiculously... The Falcons lost the Super Bowl despite the fact that they already had it won. And I'm not even talking about being up 28-3. to I'm talking about having that game won. You trot out Matt Bryant. He kicks a field goal. That game's over. All right, so number three, my top three, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and number three slot, I've got Matt Ryan. Fourth best quarterback in the NFL. Assuming he's coming back healthy, and I am assuming he's coming back healthy, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, Oakland Raiders, fourth best quarterback in the NFL. Number five. Number five on my list of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm going to go Ben Roethlisberger. I know that he's like a big, tough quarterback who feels like he's like 75 years old now. He's taken so many hits over the years. But I think those are the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. And again, to refresh, hopefully I don't screw this up. Aaron Rodgers, one. Tom Brady, two. In the three slot, I've got Matt Ryan. In the four slot, I have got Derek Carr. And at five, I've got Ben Roethlisberger. Those are the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. In the sixth spot, it's going to make people mad. It's going to make them angry. But guess what? It's the truth. Marcus Mariota. You might be saying, oh, my God, Clay Travis, you're insane. You probably haven't watched him play. 
this year, legit MVP candidate with actual wide receivers to throw to, is phenomenal as long as the Titans can keep him healthy. The Titans are going to be the most improved team, I believe, in the NFL this year when it comes to overall. Now, the record, they went 9-7 and seven last year, so they might only go 11-5. and five. But, I mean, in terms of being a team that can contend for a championship, the Titans are going to be there. That's my top six. In the seven spot, Russell Wilson. In the eight spot, Andrew Luck. In the nine spot, this is where it gets a little bit tough. People are going to be upset about this. But in my nine spot, man, I think I'm probably going to go... Probably, well, I'm, I've got this guy too low. I'm going to go back and refresh. I'm going to go, all right, got to go back and refresh. Six spot, Drew Brees. Seven spot, Marcus Mariota. I forgot about Drew Brees. Eight spot, I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. Nine spot, who's in the nine hole? Man, it starts to get a little bit more difficult. In the nine hole, I probably go with Matthew Stafford. All right, I've got Matthew Stafford in the nine spot. And then in the 10 spot, I'm just going to do my top 10 for everybody. In the 10 spot, you know what? I actually really like this guy. And I understand some people are going to say you're crazy for this. But I think Kirk Cousins is my 10. Coming into this year, that is my top 10 NFL quarterbacks. Thoughts? Jason Martin, I'll go to you first. I don't know that it would have been the same order as me. Back when we were talking about Kirk Cousins and where he would rank in the quarterback listings when we were looking at his contract a few weeks ago, I jotted down, I think it actually turned out to be 14, maybe 15 quarterbacks. And Cousins, I was looking at guys that I would definitely put above Cousins on that list, and I got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, somewhere in the 10 range. So that's not really off. I think I would have probably gone Rodgers, Brady, Ryan, Breeze at four, then probably Derek Carr, and I I don't I don't really have any problem with where you I think have you Derek can make Carr. an argument that I had Breeze too low, um, and uh, some people out there are going to say, oh my god, you don't have Dak. Here's the deal, I don't have Dak in my top ten right now, and I loved Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. I loved watching him last year with the Cowboys. I just I have seen way too often a guy come in in his first year in the NFL as a quarterback and look so good. And then in year two, not take the next step. So I want to see I'm, the same reason like people out there are like, oh, I love Carson Wentz. Like there are a lot of Eagles fans that love Carson Wentz. To me, you can't judge a quarterback until they come back for a second year because that's when all the NFL defensive geniuses, right? They go into their bunkers. They go look at everything those guys did during the entire season. They look at every throw they made and they find out the two or three things that they didn't do well. And they start off year two by requiring that they do the two or three things that they didn't do well every game, right? They're going to figure out what Dak Prescott did worst as a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. NFL is the ultimate laboratory of football. You hardly get any time at all to handle the fact that you have success before people come in and figure out ways to not have it work. And that's why long range, the only thing that has proven to work in the NFL is pocket-passing quarterbacks. Now, you may be able to win a game here and there with a Tim Tebow or with a uh, scrambling Colin Kaepernick or with an RG3, but over time, what the NFL defenses are going to do 
is they're going to make you beat them by being a pocket-passing quarterback. And frankly, that's that's why Cam Newton's not in my top ten right now. Cam Newton was awful last year. And I don't know whether that was a blip on the radar and he's going to return to being good again coming forward or if the NFL defense has finally figured out Cam Newton and they've recognized that if they hit him enough, he's not going to want to run as much and he isn't consistent enough as a pocket passer. So Dak is not in my top 10 right now because I don't believe until I have seen him play as well in his second season as he did in his first season that we have seen enough to coronate him and say, okay, Dak Prescott is going to be good for the next decade. I love him. I've watched him play every big game in his career from Mississippi State all the way through the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm telling you right now, I just want to see him continue in year two. Your calls, you can react 877-996-6369. We have my top 10 as we enter the NFL uh, the NFL training camps. My top 10 quarterbacks, you just heard them. Let's grab those. We'll keep them. We'll see how they adjust over the course of the season. My top 10, I'm pretty confident in. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. Your reactions, 877-996-6369 on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great Friday. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. In honor of NFL training camp starting, I just gave you my top 10 at quarterbacks. Here they are. Aaron Rodgers won, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Marcus Mariota, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and Kirk Cousins. That is my top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL as we basically begin the start of the 2017 season. Any major disagreements in L.A.? Danny G. Um, well, J- Justin here. First of all, when you were going through your list – I was sitting here behind the mic having a heart attack when, when you hadn't listed Drew Brees yet, um, and I'm, I'm glad you, you adjusted that a bit. But me personally, I still have him at number three because the guy still puts up insane numbers, and he's, he's yeah, throwing I mean, look, a nobody. The difference between three and six is really kind of insubstantial, but is there anything on the list where you're like, where that's you insane? Somebody, yeah, I, I thought Russell Wilson should be in the top ten. Yeah, yeah I got, got him at eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, he had him. Oh, you did? Did you oh, mention Roethlisberger, Clay? Yeah, I got him at five. But, but you okay. don't you don't have Philip Rivers, right? No, I, I, mean, I put him at my 10. top ten. So right outside the top ten. Yeah, I think there are a bunch of guys that to me, and Andrew Luck is maybe the guy that you're you could say I'm reaching for because he hasn't been healthy. But when I've seen Andrew Luck play, I think Andrew Luck is going to win multiple Super Bowls. I've seen a ton of Andrew Luck games over the years. Obviously, he's not 100% healthy. I think you can say that there could be quibbles of people out there who say, "Oh, I believe Cam Newton's a top ten guy." Two years ago, he was MVP. Uh, This past year, I think he was just so bad. I'm not sure he was a top 20 quarterback. Um, I think you can make the argument, you know, if you look around the league, you can say, okay, maybe you think that I've got Marcus Mariota overrated. Maybe you think that this year is going to be the year Jameis Winston. I think Matthew Stafford is probably the guy that could be, should be in this list. Uh, and you could make an argument that he should be in the top 10. Maybe I would go back if I'm redoing this between Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. I think the line is very fine between which of those guys. In fact, maybe I go ahead and adjust that and say I take Matt Stafford. But, I mean, I think that difference between Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins is almost non-existent. So, uh, But I, I think in general, those are the guys that I think are the most likely to win the Super Bowl. And, uh, and I think, you know, you give credit to Matt Stafford. To me, a perfect example of what I'm saying about Odell Beckham Jr. is look at what Matt Stafford did with the Lions this past year with Calvin Johnson gone. 
right? Calvin Johnson was, at one point in time, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Does anybody dispute that? Like, they are what, you, or at least if you want to dispute it, you there's a lot of people out there who would argue, you know what? No, you're right. Calvin Johnson was the best wide receiver in the NFL. He retires, and the Lions are better this past year without him. That's how much quarterbacks matter. If Matt Ryan retired, who's the backup for the Lions? I don't even know. If Matt Ryan had, I mean, sorry, if uh, Matthew Stafford had retired last year, the Lions would have gone two and fourteen. Does anybody even know who the backup for the Lions is at quarterback? Dan something. Dan Ov. Is Dan, Dan Orlovsky still I, there? I wouldn't have thought he would still be there. I'll look I, him up. I'll find the out. The point is, there's a big drop off because nobody can even think of who the backup right now is for the Detroit Lions. Calvin Johnson leaves, and the team goes to the playoffs. If Calvin Johnson had actually, you know, if 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 you switch that, Calvin Johnson comes back and Matthew Stafford retires instead, the Lions go two and fourteen. That's an easy example of what the quarterback versus wide receiver dynamic is. I think we said on the show before how many wide receivers can you name who made quarterbacks? It's almost a non existent list. Maybe T.O. back in the day with Jeff Garcia. The number of guys you can point to and say, man, without that wide receiver, I'm not sure we ever hear of this quarterback. Almost unheard of. Vice versa, there's tons of wide receivers that we would have never heard of, but for the fact that they had a great quarterback throwing to them. Go to your calls. Uh, Richard in Los Angeles. What's up, Richard? There are five wide receivers, at least five wide receivers in the game better than Odell Beckham Jr., uh, that, so you can make no that you can make that argument. I mean, I think there are a bunch of guys up at the top. We said certainly, I believe that the best wide receiver in the NFL right now is Julio Jones. So, I, if I were going to pay the highest paid wide receiver, I think everybody needs to make less than Julio. I, and I agree with that. He was my number one. You also have Antonio Brown, AJ Green, Demarius Thomas, and DeAndre Hopkins. Statistically, all had better years than Odell Beckham Jr. last year. DeAndre Hopkins did not have a statistical better year, I don't I don't think. No, he didn't. Have, remember he had an awful year. But that's a great example of how a wide receiver doesn't matter that much. I agree DeAndre Hopkins is a fantastic player, but the wide res- the quarterbacks that he had throwing to him for the Houston Texans were so awful that he couldn't do anything. And that's my point on Odell Beckham Jr. He only is 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 able to have success if he's got a good quarterback throwing to him. Again, if you put Odell Beckham Jr. on the Browns or the 49ers, I'm not sure that they win a single more game last year than they won. They're still awful. Maybe maybe the Browns go 2-14 and 14 instead of 1-15. and 15. Maybe the 49ers go, where they go, 3-13. and 13. Maybe they go 4-12. and 12. You put Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady on the 49ers or the Browns, and those teams are contending for the playoffs. Worst case scenario, they're eight and eight, nine and seven esque teams. So they immediately make a tremendous difference. That's just the that's the breakdown. And look, where does Odell Beckham Jr. rank in the wide receiver uh, category? Ah, he's a good wide receiver, but is he worthy of being the highest paid player in the NFL? That might be the most ridiculous thing we've heard an NFL player say this off season. I'm not sure anybody has said anything more ridiculous than that. Your call is 877-996-6369. Getting ready for the start of the NFL. Also, more Kaepernick news. Oh, left-wing, liberal, snowflake, media. Get out of the fetal position. We've got Colin Kaepernick news for you. Did the Baltimore Ravens sign him? Did 
the long national nightmare of MSESPN end? Has the player that they've been advocating more, more than any television network has ever advocated for any player, finally got a resolution? Did the Ravens make him a quarterback? Oh, be still your poor left-wing beating heart, your bleeding liberal heart. Colin Kaepernick, Mr. Police Officers Are Modern Day Slave Catchers, will update you on the status of that poor soul next on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. I am Clay Travis. I hope you're having a fantastic Friday as we head into the weekend. NFL training camps will all be off and running by the time the weekend is done. By Monday, the NFL season will be underway. Your long national nightmare without football will be ended. And we will have a lot of fun talking football all fall long here on Outkick the Coverage. As part of the kickoff of football season, I decided that I should break out my top 10 NFL quarterbacks, which effectively is a list of the teams that I believe, if everything went well, could win the Super Bowl. And I actually have 11 on my list because I think I just need to make Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins a tie. But my top 10 quarterbacks, the reason why this came out, by the way, first of all, it's good timing because the season is just starting. Secondly, because Odell Beckham Jr. has made the irrational, absurd, indefensible position that he deserves to be the highest paid player in the NFL. And my argument is the highest paid players in the NFL in terms of their value to a team are all quarterbacks. My top 10 slash 11 Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Marcus Mariota, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and then a tie at 10 with Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. Lots of you uh, reacting, 877-996-6369. Let's go first to Michael in Binghamton, New York. What's up, Michael? Hey, how's it going? I'm excellent. Okay. Now, you brought up the comparison between the NFL and the NBA. You said that Odell Beckham might be the 50th best player in the NFL. Yes. Well, there's 1,700 players in the NFL. Yeah, but I okay. think it's important. That, yeah, obviously, but there's a different number so, of players in the NBA. Yes. The point is that I said Odell Beckham Jr. would be like J.J. Redick in the NBA. That is, he really yeah. doesn't change whether or not a team's going to win a championship. Okay. Well, if you take the percentages of where 50th is out of – Oh, 1,700 players, you're putting you're putting Odell Beckham in the top 5% of players when you say that. No, and you're not. That hold on. That's a, hold on. Hold on. Sport. That's a stupid argument. The NBA no, has much that. less people on a team. You can't compare Correct. a 13-team or 15-team NBA roster with a 53-team NFL roster. My point was in saying whether you're around the 50th best player in the league, and that's just tossing a number out, that there's no way on earth that J.J. Redick would be able to say, I deserve to be the highest paid player in the NBA. In fact, if he said it, everybody would laugh uproariously at him, and it would be one of the most ridiculous things we've ever heard in NBA player misevaluation of their overall talent. Odell Beckham Jr. says this, and the vast majority of people, he says he deserves to be the highest paid player in the NFL, and the vast majority of people actually consider it as if it's a legitimate perspective. This is a bad call by you. I don't know. Like, yes, there are more players in the NFL. The point here, which you can't seem to follow, Michael, is that Odell Beckham Jr. does not make it that much more likely that the Giants are going to win a Super Bowl than, it, than Eli Manning. Most. 
who is the best. Joe Flacco wasn't the best quarterback when he was the highest paid. If you're putting this Odell is a bad, Beckham, this is a bad argument. Like Michael, did you intentionally call in today to be dumb, or is this like a, just a normal occurrence in your life? I had to cut him. I couldn't have any more talking over each other. Like it had, it had to go. One of you had to stop talking. It didn't happen, so I had to make an executive decision. He's bad. Look, that's. Just, I mean, I I can un- understand arguments. I can make the Odell Beckham argument probably better than Michael and Binghamton can. It's just such an awful argument. Odell Beckham Jr. is not anywhere near the top of the heap in the NFL in terms of guys who change the outcome of games. To me, if you are the highest paid player in a league, you have to be the number one. Ideally, if you're being paid accurately, the highest paid player in the league should be the player that if you switch him from one team to another, he has the single greatest impact in terms of that team's ability to win more games. To me, an easy analogy to draw here is what we just saw in Detroit. All right? We just saw Calvin Johnson retire and Matthew Stafford stay. A lot of people out there would say that Calvin Johnson was as close to a modern-day Randy Moss as has existed in the NFL in a long time, right? Big, strong, physical receiver. Nobody can stop him. Insane deep speed. The ability to take the top off a defense like nobody else during his era. Calvin Johnson, that is. He leaves, and the Lions actually get better. If Matthew Stafford had left instead of Calvin Johnson, the Lions would have gone like 3-13 and or 2-14 and last year. Calvin Johnson leaves, and the team gets better. And by the way, the backup in Detroit right now is Jake Rudock, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I always got that screwed up. But if you don't even remember him, and a lot of you won't, he was initially at Iowa, and then he transferred. He was the quarterback for Michigan in the first year that Jim Harbaugh was in Michigan. But before that, he was an Iowa quarterback who transferred to play quarterback for Jim Harbaugh. So that is who the backup right now is in Detroit. That's a big drop-off. That's the difference between going to the playoffs and going 3-13 and if you're a Detroit Lions fan. So I've got Matthew Stafford right around 10 in my quarterback list. And an easy test case for that is without Calvin Johnson, who was probably better and more dominant at his peak, certainly, I believe, than Odell Beckham Jr. has been, the Lions actually got better when he left. Let's go to Travis in Maryland. Travis, what's up? Hey, first off, Clay, I want to say thank you for your discount code. For the Outkick shirt, I was able to buy another Outkick shirt yesterday. The DBAT ten. I In honor, that. yeah, I appreciate that, Travis. In honor of Outkick being six years old, we have Outkick gear, and I gave ten dollars off to anybody if you use the code DBAP ten. If you go to OutkickGear.com, so if you love me, you can go do that. I love you. I'm saving you money. Thanks for the thanks for the plug there. Yeah, no problem. So uh, bear with me. I got three names I want to take off of your list, and then like one rotation of of names on your list. So the names I was going to take off are Marcus Mariota. I know you love the guy, but come talk to me when he throws for 4,000 yards in a season. Ben Roethlisberger, he, come talk to me when he goes five games without going in a walking boot with Antonio Brown <laughs> and Le'Veon Bell around him. There's no doubt and that then, Ben Roethlisberger's health is at issue here, but I think when he's healthy, he's a top-five quarterback in the league. And then Kirk Cousins which, yeah, I know he almost threw for 5,000 yards, but 
that's also with no running game and a very loaded receiving core. I want to see a little more from Kirk Cousins before I put him on there. And the names I, re- I was going to put on there instead were uh, I was going to put Phillip Rivers, um, Jam- uh, Jameis Winston, and uh, I'm, I'm, I think I messed something up. Actually, I want to leave uh, leave I'll leave somebody on, but I want to get Philip Rivers and Jameis Winston in there. And All right, probably, yeah, take those three off and then leave Matthew Stafford on. That's what I'll go with. And then I want to put, as a Patriots fan, I feel like I have to say Brady over Rodgers. All right, appreciate the call. Here's the deal. Anybody arguing Jameis Winston over Marcus Mariota is on crack right now. Bad argument. I have watched both these guys play their entire year careers. The only argument you can make on behalf of Jameis Winston over Marcus Mariota is that Jameis Winston has started every game. Mariota has gotten injured. He got injured in the second half of the 15th game this past year, broken leg. Prior to that, had a knee issue because the Titans couldn't block for him in his first year. That's the only argument. If you look at statistics... Marcus Mariota has dominated Jameis Winston in every other statistical category, beyond a shadow of a doubt. So that's the only argument. If you're a Jameis Winston over Marcus Mariota guy, that's the only argument you can have is that so far Jameis Winston has been more durable than Marcus Mariota. In terms of actual on the field passing the football, Marcus Mariota has, I'm not even, this is not some hyperbolic hyperbolic statement. Marcus Mariota has beaten Jameis Winston in every statistical category through two seasons. Fewer interceptions, more touchdowns, thrown for better passer rating, better passer rating down the field. Everything that is analyzed from a statistical perspective, Marcus Mariota has been better than Jameis Winston. Not to mention, he's a lot more athletic. Right, I mean, if anything, Marcus Mariota has made some big plays outside of the pocket. Now, he's gotten injured. That's the only thing you can say in favor of Marcus Mariota. Sorry, in favor of Jameis Winston over Marcus Mariota. That's the, uh, that's the truth. You've got some, uh, some stats up there. What are you saying? Jameis, 4,090 yards last year. Mariota, 34-26. Completion's pretty close. 60.8 for Jameis, 61.2 for Mariota. Mariota did have a much better quarterback rating at 95 to 86. Jameis, 28 touchdowns to 18 picks. Mariota, 26 to 9. Uh, and then just a couple of other quick ones. Jameis had 256 yards per game last season to 228 for Mariota. Mariota, 7.6 yards per attempt. Jameis, 7.21. I do think that we're going to compare these two guys the same way we did with or what we were going to do with Luck and RG3 until one of those guys just could not get on the field anymore. I think we're going to compare these guys pretty much their entire career, but I think that it's fair to say that both of them are going to be very good this year. And both I of just them think already there's no are way to argue in favor of Jameis Winston. Based Except on what, that the stats don't really back you up. Not the that stats I agree back, with you. I think Mariota's a better player, too. I, I 100% agree with you on that. But the stats do not, across the board, back you up. The stats do back me up across the board. If you take into account the number of games that have been played. To me, the only thing that you can say in favor of Marcus, uh, in favor of Jameis Winston, is the issue with injury. Mariota only played, I believe I'm correct in this, 11 and a half games his rookie year, and then got injured against the Patriots. And he only played, whatever it is, 14 and a half games last year, and then got injured against the Jags. That's the big question. Can he stay healthy? 
everything else from a statistical measure, like that 95 to 86 passer rating, that's a huge difference. Mariota, when he was rolling last year, about starting about week four to about week 14, he was, I think statistically, the best quarterback in the NFL. That's not a small stretch of the, of the time. That's from week four to week 14, Marcus Mariota had the highest passer rating in the NFL. A lot of people don't know that because a lot of people don't even know that there's an NFL franchise in Tennessee. It's been a long time since anybody was any good. Um, 877-996-6369, who should we go to? Uh, Zach in Kansas City. Zach in Kansas City. What's up, Zach? Hey, Clay. How's it going? I'm um, excellent. I just, well, just got to say, I feel like you're half right. The quarterback is the most important position on your team, but really only the top 12 to 15 quarterbacks equate to wins. I would argue that half the, the bottom half of the league, actually, uh, the quarterbacks lose games for their team more often than they win. Yeah, I think the problem um, so is that when you, when you get early, outside – hold on. When you get outside the top 15, there are still some guys that have the ability to completely take over games. All right, this is outside of the top 15 right now. Maybe Eli Manning. I mean, even though he's got two Super Bowls. Maybe Eli, Carson you know, Palmer. Eli Manning has far too many turnovers, okay? It's the second most important stat but, when you're trying to figure out Eli Manning, when you say when you say that he loses games, Eli Manning can go out and throw for 400, 400 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, we he's got him two, two Super Bowls, I know. I'm, I'm just arguing that, that Odell Beckham is still better than, okay, would you agree that Odell Beckham adds more value than the bottom three quarterbacks in the league? I mean, if you send Odell Green the bottom to three, San no. Diego – well, no, hold on. You send you send Odell Green, uh, you send him to San Diego with Philip Rivers, or you take Jared Goff out of out of the Rams and you put him in San Diego. Who wins more more games? Jared Goff matters more to the future of the Rams than by far than Odell Beckham does to the uh, to the to the Giants. But Zach's right. Like what Zach's saying is is dead right. I mean, if you talk about the most important players to a team, quarterbacks, good or bad. I agree with that. But in terms of best players, which is the list, you can't say it's the top 32 quarterbacks. I can go about 12, and then you have to start going with other people. No, you just, I disagree. You can't do it, Bet, though. To you, me, the best, best players means, are not all quarterbacks. That's no, an best insane players statement. Are, best players are all quarterbacks. Von Miller won the Super Bowl best, for my no, Broncos, not Peyton Best Manning. matters. Best matters when it comes to actually winning games. If you put Odell Beckham Jr. on this, the San Francisco 49ers or the Cleveland Browns they and you say okay Odell Beckham is the 20th best player in the NFL if you take the 20th best quarterback the 20th best quarterback by far would destroy Odell Beckham Jr. in terms of his impact on the Browns or the 49ers to me best means most likely to impact the outcome of a game and the quarterback matters so much more than the wide receiver that the best players are almost all quarterbacks now is there a 32nd best quarterback who, like, whoever the 32nd best quarterback is going to be this year? We don't know because we're not sure exactly who's going to start for every different team. Is it possible that there is a player who is better at another position than the 32nd best quarterback in the NFL? Maybe, but I don't buy it. I think the, 30, the, the 32nd, the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, is still more important to whether his team wins or loses than the best player that, at any position that's anywhere not the same, else on the field. That's not the same argument. You can't say best and – those two things are not equated. Like to me, I know yes, you're they making are. that the argument. They're means, not. They're not. The best means not. you're it's most about likely to win the game. No, best is talent. Best is puerile talent. 
No. So that's what I'm saying. I think you can go 12, but you can't look. All right, here's 25 through 30 just in terms of just this one list I'm looking at right now. Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Colin Kaepernick, Case Keenum. And then you can go Matt Barkley, Brian last Boyer year. at 32 for last year. You're telling me all those players are better than Odell Beckham Jr. Yes. I'm saying you're absolutely insane. Like yes, there's they're absolutely all nobody out there the that's going to agree with you on the that. Only Zero. Thing, no. The only thing that matters in best is do you make a team more likely to win? That's the very definition of best. Don't agree. Most important. Most valuable. Like best at positions. Like you can argue the only way you can argue that anybody else matters in the NFL other than a quarterback is if you're saying, okay, who's the best defensive player? Who is the best linebacker? Who is the best wide receiver? You can argue that. The quarterback, 1-32, to 32, the 32 most important players in the NFL this year are the 32 starting quarterbacks every single week. They are the only players, the, every single person. Uh, you can say, like, oh, nobody would agree with you. Every single person who breaks down games in Las Vegas agrees with me over and above. And that's the most important people to have agree with you no matter what, because they actually put every single dollar that they're putting at stake on the line here. The worst quarterback in the NFL every single week has more impact in who wins or loses a game from both an odds maker perspective and from a real-life perspective than the single best player at any other position across the entire league. I, I have a question for you, Clay. Let's go with last season, right? Last season, Brock Osweiler was a starting quarterback. Let's say you put Le'Veon Bell on the team with Brock Osweiler. Which one do you think is more likely to win the team the game? Brock Osweiler? By far, Brock Osweiler no matters more. No That's ridiculous. He's more likely to lose them the game. No, by far, you he matters more You killed Brock likely. Osweiler last year. It by doesn't far, matter that Le'Veon he matters Bell, more. Stop. He matters stop. more you guys, for a loss, you guys are. You guys know. If Le'Veon Bell is out of a game for the Steelers, he adjusts the line maybe a point. I don't care about the line. If, okay, then you're an idiot. Because all that matters when you actually well, yeah, but you look said at on money, the Steelers, that's like they saying, I don't care about what the price is. You don't care about, I don't care what the price of the stock market is. Well, okay, you're an idiot. All well, that I'm matters the is what the value is. The line is not all that matters to me. Like, I'm looking at it from a perspective of, you killed Brock Osweiler. You said just now, if we went back and pulled it, you said quarterback affects a win or loss more than anybody on the field. Now, that I agree with. But you said it affects a loss. There are players that affect a loss. There are players that actually hurt their team from the quarterback position important and best are not the same. You're not going to call no, Blake the Bortles one of the best the players in the between, league. He's awful. We killed him yesterday on this very show. doesn't matter. His position matters so much more than the running back. That's why I'm saying. like any, Everybody out there is like, oh, if Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended. Matters more and best are not the same, Clay. That's the if, issue. Oh, if he gets suspended. If Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended, the Cowboys are done. Vegas is going to move the line one point. If Dak Prescott is out, who's the backup behind Dak Prescott now for the Cowboys? I don't even know the answer to that. Who's number two on the Cowboys roster right now? McFadden. Who? McFadden. No, not the running back. Oh, who's, you're talking who's, quarterback? Who's backing up Dak? Uh, this I don't year, know now that Romo's gone. It will gone. be Kellen Moore. Ke- okay, Jesus. Kellen Moore. That guy makes Chad Pennington look like he's got a cannon. All right? I like Kellen Moore. A lot of fun to watch him play at Boise State. He won a lot of football games. I'm not sure he's got a better arm than Justin Cooper on Liar Liar on this show, all right? The drop-off from Dak Prescott to Kellen Moore would be probably a touchdown. The line would move a touchdown. The drop-off from Ezekiel Elliott to McFadden would be a point. Again, I'm talking, to me, the best analogy of this is Calvin Johnson. The guy is a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Does anybody disagree? First-ballot Hall of Famer at wide receiver. 
one of the best wide receivers of his generation. He retires, and the Lions got better. That's a perfect example of the overvaluation of the wide receiver position. Same thing would happen if Ezekiel Elliott suddenly got suspended all year. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys' overall win total changes by one game. Maybe one and a half games at the very highest margin. If Dak Prescott is out and Kellen Moore is starting all year, first of all, I bet Jerry Jones gets on the phone and signs Colin Kaepernick. That's my bet. But if Kellen Moore is starting all year for the Cowboys, what's their over-under this year? Probably like 11? That's my guess. I don't know. I have it in front of me right now. It drops to like 7. That's the impact of the quarterback position. All that matters in the NFL is the quarterback. 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's Friday. And I'm out here telling you guys who matters in the NFL and its quarterbacks. By the way, I teased this. We didn't get to it. Colin Kaepernick, still not employed. Ah, loser. Got to learn. Important lesson in life. If you're not very good at what you do, you better not draw a lot of attention to yourself. Talent matters more than problems. As long as your talent exceeds your problems, you will always be employed. Colin Kaepernick, talent does not exceed his problems. Ravens went out inside some dude nobody's heard of. Colin Kaepernick, I don't believe will ever play in the NFL again. And I love that people have stopped talking about the fact that he compared modern-day police officers to slave catchers. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know why Colin Kaepernick's not employed. All he did was take a knee during the national anthem. Have you seen what the guy did since the season ended? He went to Africa and said America was an awful place on July 4th. He tweeted that police officers are modern-day slave catchers, which by itself probably makes you unemployable. And now the one guy who's defended him, at least recently, as a, as a head coach, Jim Harbaugh, his brother needs a quarterback because Joe Flacco somehow got hurt in the weight room. And guess what? He decided not to sign Colin Kaepernick. Unless, like I said, maybe if Dak Prescott got hurt, Jerry Jones would just say, screw it. I'm going to break this glass on this uh, fire extinguisher, and we're going to go get Colin Kaepernick. Because I don't know if he'd want Kellen Moore to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. That's crazy, by the way. You're talking about a story that could be unbelievable. about Kellen Moore, Dallas Cowboy quarterback? A lot of second-string quarterbacks out there that teams are terrified could ever take a snap. Let's go to Kelvin in South Carolina. What's up, Kelvin? Hey, what's up, Clay? Um, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I agree with your take on Dak Prescott. Um, also wanted to know, I have a few things, actually. Uh, what's your take was on as far as you think he gets enough love for being the first QB to start his career with back-to-back 4,000-yard season? Is it Derek Carr you're asking about? Um, and, and also to think about the comparison about who's best and more important. Um, I don't think that Peyton Manning was the best player on the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl. And also, do you think that Trent Dilfer was the best player on the Ravens? When I, they won their I, you first know, Super Bowl? here's the deal. I wish Trent, everybody who calls in and uses the name Trent Dilfer, it's like calling in and saying, well, what do you think about the chances that an asteroid could wipe out life tomorrow? Could it happen? Yeah, it's possible. Trent Dilfer 
was not a good quarterback. He played on the greatest defense in the history of the NFL. That Baltimore Ravens defense, with double murderer Ray Lewis patrolling the inside, did not allow a touchdown for months at a time. The offense for the Baltimore Ravens went an entire month without scoring a touchdown. If you believe that your team has the greatest defense in the history of the NFL, then even with a mediocre quarterback, you can win the Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer being trotted out as this evidence of why a crappy team is going to win a Super Bowl needs to die. Just like you would be trotting out evidence of humanity potentially getting killed by an asteroid by sighting the dinosaurs. Crazy-ass things happen. But if you came on this radio show and you said, you know what, I think a dinosaur, I think we're going to get an asteroid, it's going to hit the Yucatan Peninsula again, and all humanity is going to get wiped out. That's basically what happened when Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. It was a crazy category of unexplainable events that was put in motion by the fact that they had the greatest defense of all time. Moreover, the game has changed a lot since 2000 when the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl. Offensive proficiency has exploded. The rules of the game were changed. You now cannot put your hands on wide receivers like you could when that defense was dominant. If you played modern-day NFL football and put those Ravens that won the 2000 Super Bowl on the field in 2017, I don't think they would come close to winning the Super Bowl. I just don't because the game has changed substantially. What else did he want to talk about? Derek Carr? Derek Carr's great. I hope he comes back healthy. Got a great opening game between Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. If you're an NFL fan and you haven't watched Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota play, that might be the best game. I haven't looked at the full roster of games for the opening week, but I can't imagine there's very many games better than Titans, Raiders, because both of those guys are coming back off of broken legs, very similar injuries. The Titans now have a lot more explosive offense. We already know that the Raiders have a very explosive offense. Danny G, you're a Raiders guy. Like, that's an awesome game to start the season with, right? Oh, yeah. I cannot wait to see what your seats are like at that stadium. <laughs> you're giving those to me, right? Uh, our seats are okay. Our seats are okay. Not bad. Yeah, you can, if you can get to Nashville, you can. You, I'll get you tickets for the game. 877-996-6369. We'll take your calls here, but first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And if you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with TrueCar. It's fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com slash trade today. Yeah, Danny G, you get to Nashville, I'll get you tickets. I'll get you good seats to watch your Raiders lose to the Titans in week one. Um, no, 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 no. You know how well the Raiders play in Tennessee. Uh, you were at the last two heartbreaks. Yeah, that was tough. Roman in, oh, by the way, the only reason you guys won last year is because Taylor right. Lewan got a penalty at the one-yard line. Roman in uh, California with like a minute left. I've never hey, seen up, an unnecessary roughness happen like that. Roman, what's up, man? Hey, uh, first off, I just want to thank you uh, for the recommendation you gave during the NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs about uh, Friday Night Lights. I finished that up in a couple of weeks. You had never That's watched it before? Pretty good. No, never. Oh, 
Good move by you. How awesome is that television show? Yeah, great show. show. I mean, I saw it on Netflix. I saw, like, at least three episodes a night, so it was great. Awesome. Good for you. Yeah, second of all, um, you know how you guys were talking about Jameis Winston and uh, Marcus Mariota? Yes. Uh, See, that's where I think the receivers come and play. You know, if you're throwing to Mike Evans, your numbers are going to be bolstered up. I do think Mariota is better, even though the stats favor Winston. The the, the stat favoring thing is Jameis Winston threw the ball a lot more. And that's because yeah. he has Mike Evans. And look, I think with Corey Davis, I think with uh, – look at what the best receiver that so far J- uh, Marcus Mariota has had to throw to in his first two seasons is Richard Matthews. And most people have no idea who Richard Matthews is. He was – what was no, he, like the third Walker or fourth guy with the Dolphins? Yeah. So, yeah, I have no doubt that it's going to be a uh, – it, it's going to be a fantastic game and the Titans should be a lot better. But, uh, but yeah, look, there's a lot of haters on Marcus Mariota. They haven't seen him play. I'm telling you right now, just trust me on this. Watch week one. Titans come out, beat the Raiders. They're going to be the hottest team in the NFL. Let's go to After Tax Mike. After Tax Mike, what's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, I woke up this morning. I was thinking about Cap. And then uh, I was like, you know, talent-wise, because I hate him for different reasons than his talent, if, if your audience can understand that, because, like, he didn't even speak as a human. He posted up little memes as words that he said. That's not cool. That's not a man, you know. But anyway, I woke up thinking, like, you know, talent-wise, he had what it was to be a backup. But then I thought about – I'm in San Francisco, so I thought about how he, how he did here. The dude got sacked way too much and threw too many picks. So, it, like, just listening to the show made me realize that. Uh, and because you guys were arguing, like, could Cap be – like, could he be better by himself? Like, with even with a good – you know, like good receivers, a good running back. But I don't know really where I was going with that. But I think it's very important that Cap, he didn't even speak, man. That's embarrassing. Like, you know when uh, Mike Vick called him out, he posted a picture with words. Like, you got to speak on your own, even if it's like a statement, public video, something. You put a picture. Like, that's that's why he's not hired to me. Not because even with talent, like he's talented enough to be backup. But Yeah, you know what? Like, that's I appreciate the call. It is strange. Isn't it strange that Colin Kaepernick, for a guy who wants to be a social activist and a guy that wants his voice to have such weight, doesn't actually talk to the media? Isn't that strange? I mean, really, really weird. Like, if you were advising Colin Kaepernick, wouldn't you tell him to sit down for a major interview and at least let people hear his voice instead of being on social media, posting all these memes never actually saying a word. Like, that's really weird behavior. Would I advise him to talk? No. Because, and you agree with this, I know, I don't think that he's particularly bright when it comes to these issues. And the last thing that you want to do, and I don't think he thinks he's particularly bright when it comes to these issues. But so that, he goes but hot button are, and he goes memes. He's not going to stand up in front of people and take questions because he knows he are, can't answer those yeah, questions. Right, he would do bad. But if you are going to argue that you're a social activist... Can you think of a social activist that has not spoken to the media? I agree with you. Look, we've had an offer to Colin Kaepernick to come on this show for a year to come on and talk about his decision to protest. I think once you make the decision to be incredibly political, that you should have to answer questions about politics. Colin Kaepernick didn't vote for president. He said that he admired Cuba because of Fidel Castro while he was playing in Miami of all places. He said that cops are modern-day slave catchers. When this guy opens his mouth, he says dumb things. Having said that, I'm surprised. Look, the media has got Colin Kaepernick's balls cuddled so tightly in their hands 
asking him whether his balls are comfortable. The entire ESPN network is running around blowing on Colin Kaepernick's balls to make sure they're comfortable. I mean, that's honestly all ESPN has done. I have never seen a network ball wash for a player like ESPN, a.k.a. MS ESPN, is ball washing for Colin Kaepernick right now. Never seen it. RG3 isn't signed, right? RG3 on the field had some pretty good performances. Compare how much attention the fact that RG3 isn't signed to Colin Kaepernick. Aren't they kind of the same guy? Mobile quarterback that had immediate success, looked like they were going to be otherworldly, and then NFL defense has caught up to them, and they've never been the same player again. Isn't that kind of the same guy? Nobody's talking about RG3 at all. I haven't heard anybody. Like, he went out and interviewed with San Diego, and then they thought that RG3, I don't did he throw? I don't know if he threw or not. But then they went and signed uh, our guy from Ohio State, Cardell Jones. Why is nobody talking about RG3? I have never seen a network bend over backward to argue that a guy deserves a job to the point where I'm saying, like, okay, if ESPN thinks that Colin Kaepernick is so deserving of a job, why don't they hire him? Because he can't talk, Clay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously. He can't talk. Who wants to hear that voice? I mean, even when you have heard him talk, he's not somebody that's got a dynamic personality, not that a lot of their NFL analysts do, but Colin Kaepernick's not a guy that would be good the, on but TV But the reason at all, they're not right? hiring him is not because – He's not particularly telegenic. They're not hiring him for the same reason that NFL teams are not hiring him, because he's bad for business. I mean, honest question. Would anybody who's on television be able to be on television if they had said that police officers are modern-day slave catchers? Is there anybody at MSNBC, Fox, News, CNN, not even sports, Is there anybody at any of those networks that would be allowed to be on television? The uproar would be so great if somebody who was on television said that, that I think they would lose their jobs because it's so far outside the pale of acceptable discourse by and large that I think those guys would all lose their jobs and girls if they said it. And the reason why Colin Kaepernick is not employed is because he's bad for business because his talent does not exceed his problems. Even ESPN, which has been ball-washing, ball-cuddling, never seen a network advocate more for a player in my life than ESPN has for Colin Kaepernick. Even their business, Colin Kaepernick would be bad for it. The greatest thing that could happen to my career, short of Nick Saban getting charged with murder, is if ESPN hired Colin Kaepernick to be on television it would destroy ESPN's brand. To the extent they still have a brand, it's kind of destroyed already. It would literally bury it. Be, I, would, I, would, I, would pay, I would pay Colin Kaepernick's salary for ESPN. That's how much it would help me. That's how much more money I would make if ESPN hired Colin Kaepernick. I would actually pay his salary for ESPN if they would put him on the air. God, it'd be amazing. The reason they're not doing it is he's bad for business. I'm Clay Travis. Final segment, Hour 2, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We are discussing the debut, basically, 
of the NFL season. By this weekend, I believe every team will be officially into training camp and will be underway in the 2017 NFL season. And I cannot wait. This is one of those tough summers when you don't have the Olympics and when you don't have the World Cup. Next year, we'll have the World Cup. I've been saying this for a while. It's time to recalibrate the American sporting calendar because when you finish the NBA season in mid-June and then you go all the way until the first weekend in August or whatever it is before the NFL preseason starts. And by the way, don't even get me started on how stupid the NFL preseason is. The fact that we have a full month worth of NFL preseason games is absurd. But at least you have something to watch. You can gamble on it. NFL camps start. College teams will be in camp soon. It makes the best time of the year September. But all this time in the summer when there's nothing really going on, especially now that we already know who's going to win the title next year, the Golden State Warriors, there's a long off season where there isn't really great sports. Now, every two years out of four, you don't have a Summer Olympics and you don't have a World Cup. Next year, we'll have the World Cup, which should be pretty fantastic. U.S. men's team. We spent a lot of time talking about soccer yesterday. People were coming after me for my soccer opinions. It doesn't happen very often. Um, and we'll break down all of that. Jason Martin, you said yeah, the best game for week one in the NFL is Chiefs-Patriots. Yeah, I mean, that's two playoff teams. I think the Chiefs are probably about to take th- a little bit of a step back. I think I'm more interested in Titans-Raiders because I, Titans- I really love Carr and, and Mariota. They're both young guys that we're about to start watching in this league for the next decade, and now's the time because they're both really starting to peak, and they both have so many weapons. I think Titans, Titans-Raiders is more interesting than Chiefs-Patriots because the Chiefs basically gave up their team and said, we don't have enough to win a title. I know Alex Smith is still there. You draft a quarterback in Mahomes in the first round. You let go most of your offensive weapons. I just I I don't see the Chiefs as being that interesting of a matchup. The Patriots obviously are just I mean a huge sexy story. Brady, Belichick, Gronk, all the crew of the Patriots make for a really entertaining story. But does anybody think that the Chiefs are going to beat the Patriots? I don't. I mean, what could happen in the Raiders Titans game? I think that by far, that's like looking into the future almost because both those guys, Carr and Mariota, are so young and so talented. And there's so much young talent around them on the offensive side of the ball that I can't wait to see what's going to happen in that game. I think the best opening week game in the NFL, and obviously we're still several weeks away, but I think the best opening week game in the NFL, assuming people can manage to stay healthy through the preseason, knock on wood, that's awful. That's the other tough thing about the NFL preseason is you just basically spend the whole time hoping that your quarterback doesn't get hurt. Because he's all that matters if you have a good team. I mean, imagine how quickly everything changes with the Cowboys. Now, I think probably Jerry Jones' first call if Dak Prescott got injured like uh, Tony Romo did in week one of the preseason. If Dak Prescott got injured in the same way and he's going to be out like eight or nine weeks like Tony Romo was, first call, he immediately comes out of the booth. I don't know what CBS does. (laughs) Do they go back to Phil Simms? Like, hey, Phil, I know we fired you, but now we want you to come back and call games with Jim Nance again. Because Tony Romo gets the first call. If Romo turns it down, and I think there's no way Romo would turn it down, but if he did, I think Colin Kaepernick's the second call. Talk about Dallas Cowboys, how quickly things would change, because there's no way they're going to hand the ball off to Kellen Moore and say, you're our guy going forward. Just an easy example of how quickly things can change in the NFL. The preseason, nothing to gain. Final hour of the week, up next on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Final hour of the week of OutKick. 
Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. And heat is the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We have been running through talking about the fact that the NFL effectively training camp's beginning, and now you just cross your fingers and hope your guys don't get injured between this moment of training camp opening and when the season officially begins. Nothing feels worse, and you know it's going to happen to you, possibly. One of your teams out there listening to us right now, multiple teams of yours out there, will have substantial injuries in the preseason, in the training camp season. And it's always awful. And so this right now are my top 10 slash 11 quarterbacks in the NFL as we enter into the league. Then I'm going to get to your calls. Then we're going to talk to Alex Marvez. We'll see what he thinks about this list. Aaron Rodgers, number one. Tom Brady, number two. Matt Ryan, number three. Derek Carr, number four. Ben Roethlisberger, number five. Drew Brees, six. Marcus Mariota, seven. Russell Wilson, eight. Andrew Luck, nine. And tied at 10, Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. Those are the 11 best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, in my opinion, as we enter into the season. Uh, We also talked about what I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've heard any player say in a very long time, and I hope that other people will join me in this bandwagon as we rip the absurdity of it. But Odell Beckham Jr. said that he expects to be the highest-paid player in the NFL. He really said that Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, a ridiculous position to say that he believes he should be the highest-paid player in the NFL. My position is... The highest-paid players in the NFL should be the quarterbacks 1-32 to 32 who start because they matter more than anybody else. We've got loaded lines, I believe, pretty much. Who should I go to, Jason Martin? Oh, let's go to Mike in Modesto. Mike in Modesto. What's up, Mike? Great show, as always, Clay. I couldn't believe it's debated that the quarterback's the number one position in the game and most important position in the game. Raider fans, if you'd lost two receivers in the playoffs, would you have given up? No. You lost Derek Carr. That's why you gave up. How about, Trent Dilfer, please. How many times out of all the Super Bowls has it been won without a top five quarterback? You can count it on your hand. Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time. I believe he played with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Randy Moss, best year ever, is when he played with Tom Brady. And Antonio Brown is by far the most dominant wide receiver who impacts games and fantasy, by the way, in this very day. And, and for you stat geeks in L.A., tell me Antonio Brown's numbers when Ben Roethlisberger does not play. Now, That's a good question. Good question, Mike and Modesto. I'm a great Redskins fan. Yes. And I am furious for the way the Redskins have handled Kirk Cousins. As bad as it was, firing a GM because he was pro-Kirk Cousins. That's why they showed him the door. Now, the Raiders give Carr the contract. That was their chance. All they had to do was give him the same contract, and now you have a top-ten quarterback, and I said, the handwriting's on the wall. They're going to lose him, and I'm going to freak out if I hear another Redskins (laughs) fan tell me, let's go with Colt McCoy. Jesus, Clay, help us. Thank you for the time. Mike and Modesto. Uh... I, I think that the Kirk Cousins experiment that's going to be the most interesting to me to see is what's he actually worth on open market. Because I've got him at 10 or 11 right now on my list. Top 10 caliber-ish quarterback. We've never seen that happen before. Young, top 10 quarterback, able to go on the free agent market and sign with anyone. By the way, 
Here's Odell Beckham Jr. earlier saying he expects to be the highest paid player in the NFL. It's like the elephant in the room and, you know, you don't want to talk about it. And I've gotten to the point in my life where, like, nah, I'm going to, there's no need to not talk about it. I believe that I will be, uh, hopefully not just the highest paid receiver in the league, but the highest paid, period. Craziness. Absolute insanity. Uh, let's go uh, to who you want to go to. Uh, 877-996-6369. going to get your calls in quickly. And then we've got, just so you can kind of think about what the final hour of the show is going to look like, we've got Alex Marvez, who I believe is from Dallas Cowboys training camp um, on the West Coast. We're going to talk to him. And then we're going to do uh, your calls into the voicemail line, which I'm hoping are good. I have no idea. I don't hear them until you hear them. Uh, who should I go to, Jason Martin? Who would you suggest? Uh, let's go to Kentucky and talk to Ted. Ted in Kentucky. What's up, Ted? Hey. 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 I, I was uh, listening to this guy that called a while ago, and I don't think he got his uh, message out. Uh, maybe he couldn't explain himself, but when he's talking about the numbers of the NFL being 1,500 players and the NBA having 450 players, the 50th best player in the NFL would be equivalent to, like, the 14th best player in the NBA. So, All right. Uh, so it's still a bad argument based on the proportion of the, the league size because, obviously, the vast majority of NFL players don't really matter in terms of whether their team wins or loses. I mean, that's the reality. There are 53 guys on the roster in the NFL. The vast majority of those guys, nobody knows, right? There are only 15 guys on an NBA roster. What I was saying earlier was I'm saying that Odell Beckham Jr. maybe, maybe might be the 50th most important player in the NFL. And that might be an exaggeration. 50 might be way too high for Odell Beckham Jr. But what I was saying is if the 50th best player in the NBA, whatever proportion you want to establish it to, meaning that they're the 50th most important in terms of impacting games, right? The 50th most important. There are 32 NFL teams. There are 30 NBA teams, all right? So the 50th most important player would not be any of the best 30 players, not the best player on any team. The 50th best player in the NBA, I just threw it out there and said J.J. Redick is something like the 50th best player in the NBA. That might be too high for J.J. Redick, whatever. Whatever. He's not he's not too high if you consider it as like the salary. He might be the fiftieth highest paid player in the NBA, which is what I'm saying. Isn't he making twenty million dollars this coming year? I'd have to for look the at that, but salary doesn't have anything to do to me in terms of best. Fiftieth best according to salary. All right. JJ Reddick. If JJ Reddick said I deserve to be the highest paid player in the NBA, everybody would lose their mind. All right? And deservedly so. Odell Beckham Jr. says it, and some people are like, you know what? He deserves it. To me, fundamental misunderstanding of how the sport is played. All that matters in the NFL now is your quarterback. If you've got a good one, you can win a Super Bowl. If you don't, you're going to suck. That's the reality. There are three types of teams in the NFL. Every year, start of the year, there are three types of teams in the NFL. There's the teams that have a good quarterback, and I just ran you through what I think are the 11 best quarterbacks in the NFL. All right? There are probably about 14 or 15 teams that feel like we have a quarterback good enough to win a Super Bowl, right? 14, 15, something like that. Then there are the teams that are hoping that they have a good quarterback. And I would still put a guy like Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, 
young quarterbacks that haven't taken enough snaps that you're still not really convinced on. Rookie guys, guys who haven't started very many games, those are like, we hope we have a good quarterback. And obviously, the Texans with Deshaun Watson, like young quarterbacks, we hope we have a good quarterback. And then there's like the teams that are just like, we suck. The 49ers, the Browns, the Jets, they know they don't have a good quarterback. They know they don't have a good team. And they're just waiting to go back into the draft or into free agency and be able to go get a quarterback. Those are the only three types of teams. I would put like the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill, I would say is a perfect example of a, is he or is he not a guy, right? Is he a guy that can win a Super Bowl or not? I, Ryan Tannehill is the most average quarterback probably in the NFL right now. If you were just putting him on a flow chart and saying where right in smack dab is like 17 or 18 in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill is a perfect example of a guy you have no idea. Even Dolphin fans, even Adam Gase, they have no idea whether Ryan Tannehill is good enough to go to the playoffs and win games and make a Super Bowl run. No idea. You either have your guy, you hope you have your guy, or you're looking for him. All that matters is quarterback. Now, once you get into the upper echelon, that's where the gradations on talent matter. That's where Matt Ryan having a Julio Jones theoretically wins him a Super Bowl. But if you don't have Matt Ryan, none of that matters. And the argument I've been making, I can't believe more people don't make it, we had a perfect test case last year. How much do other offensive superstars matter outside of the quarterback position? Calvin Johnson retires. He's a first ballot NFL Hall of Famer, maybe the best receiver of his generation. Certainly his generation's Randy Moss, right? Retires and the Lions get better. If Matthew Stafford had retired, the Lions would have gone 3-13. and Calvin Johnson retires, and the Lions go to the playoffs. That's how much difference there is in a quarterback retiring who's really good versus a wide receiver retiring who's really good. If Odell Beckham Jr. retired this year, I don't know that it changes the overall outcome of the Giants' season by more than a game or a game and a half. If Eli Manning leaves, do we know who the backup is for the Giants right now? (laughs) There's a lot of teams out there because the guys like Eli have played so much that we don't even know a lot of times who the backup is because Eli has not missed a game in what seems like forever. So I'm not even sure right now who the backup is for the Giants. Geno Smith. Geno Smith. All right. We know what Geno Smith can do, right? It ain't very good. If Eli Manning gets hurt and Geno Smith comes in, There's a big drop-off. If Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt and leaves, maybe the Giants win a game and a half less than they would have otherwise. And that might be a high-end exaggeration. Um, Okay, who do we go to? Do we want to take another call or do we want to go to a break? What do you think, Jason Martin? Uh, Let's go to break. Marvez will be ready on the other side. He's live at uh, Cardinals training camp today. Cardinals training camp. Oh, boy. Speaking of a guy who's right in the middle of the line. Carson Palmer. How many more years does he have? He's 37 or 38. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. We go live to NFL training camps with Alex Marvez next on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. We have got Alex Marvez joining us here momentarily from the Arizona Cardinals training camp. And he is out, I believe, taking a tour of all of the NFL training camps. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. Been running through the top 11 quarterbacks in my mind as we begin the start of the NFL preseason. 
and we hope that guys are not going to get injured. One of the guys who obviously has had tremendous injury issues throughout his career is Carson Palmer, and you're out there at the Arizona Cardinals training camp. What's the vibe, Alex, since you're there in Arizona? What's the vibe with Cardinals uh, kind of administration about Carson Palmer in general? I'm not sure if they're going to admit this, but I think the concern is that his arm isn't what it was. And in the Bruce Arians offense, you got to be able to throw a play. You know, you got to be able to take those deep shots downfield, especially with the talent they have. You know, Smoke Brown is back, you know, from all his medical problems last year. So that's the big concern. They keep putting the guy on a pitch count, you know, and just having him be really limited in his throws during practice, which is fine. You know, listen, Tony Romo, you know, they wouldn't have him practice on Wednesdays in 2014 or 2015, rather, with the Dallas Cowboys, and he had a tremendous season. But, again, you just got to hope that this guy can be able to keep winging it. If they can, they're okay. But I think they all realize this. Look, Carson probably his last year. Larry Fitzgerald probably his last year. And Bruce Arians probably his last year, even though he won't tell that, say that to anybody or admit that. But if they don't win this year, Clay, I think that you're going to see a window close, and then they're going to try to have to open a new one with some new personnel and maybe a new head coach. We're talking to Alex Marvez. Alex, uh, I've been running through my list of quarterbacks that I think matter a great deal and I got my top 11, I put them out, I'll run them through maybe before we finish talking with you, and you can kind of react, but Odell Beckham Jr., we've also been talking about saying that he doesn't just expect to be the top-paid wide receiver, he thinks he potentially should be the top-paid player in the NFL. I say that's insane. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's silly. I mean, but you know what? When you have an enabler owner who's come out and basically said we're going to make this guy the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL why not shoot for the stars listen uh, when it comes to money clay people can think some pretty irrational things for example Le'Veon Bell telling Ike Taylor that he should not only be paid as a top flight running back but as a top flight wide receiver which for him would average 15 million dollars a year no Le'Veon you play running back the running back catches the ball out of the backfield from time to time you know, and it's interesting, too, with Odell Beckham Jr., because he has no leverage. He really doesn't. He can keep skipping off-season workouts, but the reality is that with this, this collective bargaining agreement that the players have signed, you cannot hold out or else the team can go after your money, and it can get ugly. He's got two years remaining on his rookie contract and two years of potentially being hit with a franchise tag after that. Look, the Giants could want peace and kumbaya, and you don't want to upset your best player, but I ask you, what has Odell Beckham Jr. done from a team standpoint? to try to warrant this deal. And when I say that, he looked, you know, tremendous wide receiver. You can even argue maybe the best in football. He's definitely the guy who can take it to the house. But does he show up, uh, you know, and do the things, the little things? Does he lead the team? Is he responsible? Is he going to do another boat incident like last year if you, if you enable him with a giant contract? I mean, these are some of the things that the New York Giants want to see. Hey, has he grown up any since last year? And there's been no sign this offseason of this young man maturing except for good for him. He signed a, a huge shoe deal that's going to actually pay him more now than his rookie contract. Not to mention, we just used, I think, a pretty good example. Calvin Johnson is a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of the NFL. He retired, and the Lions got better. That, to me, personifies what the wide receiver position is like in the modern-day NFL. If you put Odell Beckham Jr. on the Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers, or the New York Jets, does he make either of those teams in the play? Put either of those any of those teams in the playoffs? I don't think he does because I don't think Not he's even the quarterback position. Right. I, I just think you have to have a guy to throw it to you. And look, Eli Manning helps make Odell Beckham Jr. just as, as much as Odell makes Eli Manning. And it's very interesting you mentioned Calvin Johnson. Play those comments a couple weeks ago about the Detroit Lions and how he felt that he was never going to make a Super Bowl, the ones that he told Adam Schefter. How much of a slap in the face is that to Matthew Stafford? 
You know, I mean, you know, you're saying that basically that one of the best players in the history of the Detroit Lions doesn't believe that this team was going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford under center. No wonder Matt wasn't shedding crocodile tears when this guy went out the door. I mean, I, and I really didn't read into it too much when I was talking to Matt about this last year when he was saying, look, we're going to be a better offense in some ways because we're going to be able to distribute the football and not have to focus so much just throwing in one direction. Well, I think what he was basically saying was that, listen, I'm under so much pressure to keep throwing at Calvin Johnson that we're not running the offense as efficiently as we could. So I, I just found it very interesting. And I don't know why the Lions keep reaching out to Calvin Johnson after a comment like that. I mean, that's it's just you threw so many people there under the bus that are working for a Super Bowl by saying, basically, I quit on you guys. It wasn't because I was injured. I quit on you guys because I didn't think you could win. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, here's my top 11 NFL quarterbacks. I'm going to run through them quickly, then you can react. You cover the NFL and obviously spend a ton of time watching these games. This is coming into this season who I think the 11 best are going to be. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Marcus Mariota, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and then I've got tied at the bottom, Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. That's my top 11. Now, I've got Cam Newton off that list. Some people are going to say, oh, Cam should be there. I don't have Dak Prescott because I want to see what's going to happen to him in year two now that guys have a full season of tape on him to try to figure out what he can do and what he can't do. Any that kind of jump out to you or that you think could have a great year at the quarterback position? Well, you know, Andrew Luck to me is an interesting one just because, you know, the, the Coming off Andrew. Andrew Luck, yes. yes. You know, what are we going to see with his shoulder? I mean, right now what I've heard is that he's just not throwing with a lot of velocity. It's going to come back, but we may be looking at a guy who misses a couple games to open the regular season play. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill is a guy. And I'm not saying he should be on that list, but the Miami Dolphins think he should. Believe it or not, Adam Gase just thinks the world of this guy. And, and if you're looking at a dark horse quarterback who may have that true breakout season – Look at the talent he's surrounded by. Jay Ajahi, I think, is going to be a better running back this year than last year. You re-signed Kenny Stills, so all three receivers are back. Jarvis Landry's playing for a contract. They're thinking Devontae Parker's going to step up. Julius Thomas now becomes a weapon in the red zone for this team. 12 TD catches in each of his two seasons playing under Adam Gase in Denver. You know, so there, there's some guys to work with there. And you looked at that Dolphins team. Listen, they only beat one playoff squad last year and route to finishing with 10 wins. So I think probably a little bit overvalued, you know, last year, uh, you know, thought to be a little better than they actually were. But, hey, they got into the postseason. If Tanny Hill is healthy, this guy may end up having an outstanding season and may be able to get the Dolphins on a little bit of a playoff run. We mentioned Dak there. I want to circle around the Dak for you. We're talking to Alex Marvez. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. I, I really do believe that the most important year for a quarterback is not necessarily the first year. I think it's the first year after there's NFL tape of him because that's when you can see whether a guy can take his game to the next level when you know as well as I do that all these NFL defensive gurus have gone into their bunkers. They've been watching tape of everything Dak Prescott did and what they're going to make him do early in the season is the three or four things that he did worst, they're going to make them do him do that throughout the entire game, whatever that is. I'm not good enough at breaking down film to tell you. Do you think that Dak Prescott will have a sophomore slump, or is he a guy that can take his game to the proverbial next level in year two? I think he can take it to the next level. I mean, the one thing is he's worked so hard at it. I mean, you know, I always think back to Vince Young, right? And that photo of him played when you went out and you guys were all shirtless at the bar with the tequila, you know, and and I think about that photo because that was the second NFL season, right? And rather than, you know, staying in Nashville and working on his craft and doing everything 24-7 like a Russell Wilson did, like a Drew Brees does now, like the great quarterbacks do, spending all their time, Jameis Winston committed to their craft. 
you know, Vince was out there partying and, and pursuing his college degree in Austin and not wanting to leave the bubble. And that happened so often to players that graduate from that school that, that played under Mac Brown. They just loved being there. They were the life of the party, and they didn't want it to end. They still wanted to be in college, even though they were pros. So what, I, what I'm getting to is here, Dak Prescott did everything right this offseason away from the – you know, in the facility and away from the facilities. You know, struck up a friendship with Jason Witten, really tried to lean on him uh, to try to find ways to get better in his game. And I think, too, the fact that he's working now with the first-team receivers on a consistent basis is going to help. Remember, he had such little practice time with Des Bryant. And, and you know, Scott Linehan, the offensive coordinator, told me, look, we're, this guy's still trying to figure it out last year, and we're trying to figure him out at the same time. So it was like almost each week you're building the offense until you come up with the plays that Dak Prescott's comfortable with. So remember, too, it's not just only going to be defenses adjusting to Dak. Now that the Cowboys know Dak, they're going to add plays that are going to take more advantage of his skills. One other thing, too, I just think Des Bryant is primed to have a better season. Not that he had a bad season last year. I just think they're going to find ways to get him to get him the football down the field because, look, if Zeke Elliott can stay off the suspended list, this young man could have just have another monster season running behind that offensive line. What do you think happens with Zeke Elliott? I was talking to Jerry yesterday. He told Gil Brand and me, hey, you know, I think if when it comes to domestic violence, you can't find anything on this kid. And he said that he's seen what the NFL's argument is about this, and he's seen the defense that Ezekiel Elliott's side has. So he thinks that there's nothing there. He thinks the decision is imminent. You know, I don't know. Clay, you know, that's the NFL brand of justice, right? You don't have to be charged or, or even, you know, convicted or even charged with a crime to serve a suspension. If, you know, you look at Roger Goodell funny, could he take you out a game? I, I don't know because of this conduct policy. And, and the reality is that even though this guy, the Columbus Police Department investigated him play and they did not charge him with anything, you know, if the NFL wants to act on that and say, hey, look, we still think something's fishy here, so we're going to suspend you a game or two. Well, once again, you're back to ground zero with the whole argument between the NFL Players Association giving up that power to the commissioner to act arbitrarily to suspend someone who, again, play was never officially charged. Am I saying that Zeke Elliott's going to win any humanitarian awards anytime soon? No. But I do get concerned if a player gets suspended based upon allegations that the police don't feel were worth, were, worth charging someone with. I'm with you. Uh, I, I've been on that for years. The, I can't believe that the NFL Players Association gave the power up to the NFL to allow them to suspend even without charges being brought in situations such as these. Um, final question for you. Been at, talking about it all off season. Colin Kaepernick not signed. Do you believe that he will be on an NFL roster this year? Now that training camps are actually starting, everybody's rolling out, figuring out who's going to be on their teams. Will Colin Kaepernick be on a roster this year? Yeah, I think he will be on a roster this year. I thought it was the Chick-fil-A question you were going to ask me. Since you caught such <laughs> Are you with me on day. the Chick-fil-A answer? You know, real quickly here, you know, I had good Chick-fil-A this week, but I can see where Jeff's coming from because people go over the top with Chick-fil-A. I do have to say this. I think In-N-Out Burger better than Chick-fil-A. That's just me. Um, but Colin that's Kaepernick. burger versus chicken sandwich. Like, I can see that argument, like, depending on what, yeah. you're, what you're interested in on that day. If you like it, the chicken sandwich, Chick-fil-A it, is, is the peak of the pyramid. It's the apex. <laughs> yes, I Yes, I, the apex. I will. I will say that the Clay Travis of the chicken industry. Yes, there you indeed. go. Bang. When it comes to Colin, listen. Think about it. it Joe Flacco was one herniated disc away uh, from having Colin Kaepernick get signed, right? And you know, for now, you see John Harbaugh throw it out there, and he's going to have to deal with this with the Ravens, which is, oh well, we, you know, we we've talked about Colin Kaepernick, and we've been in touch with him. Now they end up signing a guy as a camp arm because they don't think Joe is going to miss a lot of time with his back injury. But if he does, if something were to happen to him, well, you figure Colin Kaepernick could. Burn very well have a home there. I think somebody ultimately is going to get injured. I think ultimately they'll reach out to Colin Kaepernick as a short 
short-term fix. And, you know, that's how you can also sell it to players who are skeptical about him or even the public, which is basically, look, we, we got to win some games and, you know, say what you will about political affiliation, social stances, et cetera. We think Colin Kaepernick helps us win. And that's ultimately the bottom line in, in the NFL is winning games. So I think it's a little bit easier to sell in season and at a time like this because of injury or performance. And, you know, there are going to be people who support it, by the way, too. I don't want to say that that is completely negative toward Colin, but I think it just makes it a lot easier of a sell rather than having to sit here May, June, July and monitor every Colin Kaepernick tweet and then go back to the, the team and say, oh, well, how do you feel that he compared police officers to, uh, you know, slave officials back in the 1800s and 1900s? You know, do, are you good with that? Uh, you know, I mean, that that's the sort of thing that, that with Colin and his activism, you would have brought to a team this offseason if you signed him. Outstanding stuff as always. Alex Marvez, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the training camp tour. And by the way, when I hear the word skinny repeal, I think of Clay Travis. <laughs> Appreciate that. I don't even know what that means. Skinny repeal indeed. It's skinny jeans. I hate skinny jeans. Um, I don't know how anybody can wear skinny jeans. Ball's got to breathe. Um, I am Clay Travis. We're going to find out what's trending now. Flip side, I believe Jason Martin has your angry voicemail messages. If you haven't heard this segment yet, you are going to absolutely love it. What's the phone number, Jason Martin, just so people have it? 855-500-CLAY, which is 855-500-2529. All right, you can call this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not just when we're on air, and people have been doing it. We've got some of those, but first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO, the only hard part, figuring out which way is easier and if you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with True Car. It's fast, it's easy, and it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com slash trade today. Well, every Friday, we have a segment that is sweeping the nation. Jason Martin had the idea. Let's have an automatic voicemail line where people can call in and rip you any hour of the day, any minute, sober, drunk, high on drugs, doesn't matter. You can call in and give your opinion, and that is why now we have this incredible voicemail line. I haven't heard any of these. I never have. Jason Martin collates them and listens to them all. Here we go. Hey, Clay, this is Toby in San Antonio. I just got through listening to the podcast from Tuesday, and even though, uh, yeah, all i got to say is, I mean, to call a six-foot-eight Six foot nine NBA superstar is probably 270 pounds a bitch repeatedly on your show. You know, I, I don't know if that's the smartest thing in the world. You do got balls. I'll give you that. You got balls, okay? Even if your teeth look like <laughs> if you're smart enough and rich enough to have a nanny and to go to Europe for two weeks, but you can't find an orthodontist in Nashville to fix those chiclets, you know, it's just sad. My sister's a dentist, although we're in Texas, but maybe she could recommend somebody there in Nashville, I'm sure. It's just sad. I don't like to see that. I don't know what your kids do when you eat corn on the cob. It's kind of gross. Do I have bad – do I have a teeth uh, that's issue? Not, I've never that's, heard, <laughs> that's not something I've ever heard until things, that phone call. Of all the things physically you could come at me for – Teeth? I've never had anybody say that I have bad teeth. Like, I don't know where, like, the – I had braces. I mean, I I don't think I have the best teeth on earth. I don't think people see me and they're like, oh, that's a Hollywood smile or anything. 
but I've literally never had anybody come after my teeth before. I thought he was talking about my, I thought he was saying uh, boobs. I thought you had to bleep his boobs. No, teeth? I have no idea. Interesting. Of all the criticisms I get, that's one that I've never gotten before. Hey, Clay, you talk about someone massaging uh, LeBron's balls, but you do the same thing to Tom Brady. Man, why don't you nuzzle up a little bit more to those things? Well, I mean, Tom Brady does have great balls. Going to be 40 soon. If he asked me to come to his party and hold his balls during the party, I'd probably do it. You know what? I mean, he's the best quarterback in the history of mankind. If you're going to hold somebody's balls, I think it would make sense to hold Tom Brady's balls. I have an unblemished record of heterosexuality, but if I had to hold somebody's balls in the world of sports, probably vote Tom Brady number one. I bet he has exquisite balls. It's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's got awful balls, but I think he'd have good balls. What do you think? Clay, you're a son of a bitch because you act like you're a liberal. You say you're a liberal, but you act like a conservative, and it's bullshit. And I really don't like your voice. It's annoying. I hate you. Do I act like people think I'm incredibly liberal? Is this a like these criticisms today? This is bad voicemail criticisms. You think there's lots of people out there like I'm sick of Clay Travis saying he's a liberal? Yeah, you that, said you're liberal. You said you've never voted for a Republican before, and you said you voted for Obama twice, and you tried to help Gore. So yeah, I can understand where the people are coming from on that. Oh wow, I'm a left winger now. All right, got to go save the planet. I hate you, Clay Travis. Six months ago, your wife said, don't talk about Colin Kaepernick, and you do it every week. Who gives a sh**? Give up on the guy. I'm sick of hearing about the stats, about the bees, and everything else. Rather hear about the the platoon second baseman with the Chicago White Sox and Colin Kaepernick. Give up on him. You know who says he's tired of Colin Kaepernick? Guy who's not actually tired of Colin Kaepernick. I see into your brains, and when Colin Kaepernick comes up, People don't turn the radio dial. When Colin Kaepernick comes up, people click on links. People like to say they're tired of big superstar stories, and they always say something like, why don't you talk more about, like, baseball? And I'm like, I would rather shoot myself in the head with a nail gun than break out baseball in July. Colin Kaepernick's a better topic. People say, oh, I'm tired of Tebow. I'm tired of LeBron. I'm so sick of Tom Brady. No, you're not. I know what you actually care about. You like superstars. You want to hear about big stories involving big-name athletes. You don't want to hear about disappearing acts, period. Let's keep going. I f***ing hate you, Clay Travis. I f***ing hate you. I'm going to f***ing kill you. Remember the callback, right, Clay? You know what the reference That's is the there. Pa- Is that the parrot? That's, That's the, parrot the parrot reference? Yes. That's where – was that this week or last week? Last week. It was last Friday. Last Friday we came on, and we had a parrot testifying in a murder trial. And I said, for those of you who don't know, I said, Jason Martin, can you believe that there was a parrot testifying in a murder trial? And Jason Martin was like, yeah, I totally expected that. Like, I've been thinking for a long time. Why don't more parrots testify in murder trials? Uh, that's good. Good call. Clay Travis, what kind of idiot doesn't know that monkeys have opposable thumbs? Have you ever been on the Internet or been to a zoo? <laughs> Completely inexcusable Really, really looking for something better this week. Bye. I got to tell you, not knowing that monkeys had thumbs was a big swing and miss by me. Got a lot of hate over not knowing monkeys had thumbs. I thought humans were the only people with thumbs. I thought that's what distinguished us from the monkey. I was wrong. The monkeys have thumbs. It's still not as dumb. 
Hold on. Still not as dumb as that vegetative monkey theory, like the way that monkeys got to the, the raft? new world. The, vegetable, the vegetation the, raft? Vegetation raft. Still one of the dumbest theories I've ever heard in the history of science. Hey, it's Kyle in New York. Clay, you're a f***ing idiot. Primates don't have opposable thumbs? <laughs> Did you not go to seventh grade? What the f*** do they teach you in Tennessee? I can't believe you went to college to be a lawyer, and you don't know f***ing monkeys have f***ing opposable thumbs. God, you're stupid. I got to say, I never would have believed that my lack of monkey knowledge was going to come at me like this, but they didn't have on the bar exam a question about whether monkeys had thumbs or else I wouldn't have passed, clearly. If there had been a hypothetical that I had to analyze and it involved monkeys having thumbs, I'd have been like, this is a ridiculous hypothetical. Monkeys don't have thumbs, and I would have been wrong. Also, is there a seventh-grade history part or seventh-grade biology where they just focus on monkeys? I must have missed that, where you're just, like, sitting around learning monkey biology. Yeah, there you go. Stop traffic. Stop traffic. This is Ryan from Northern California again. Justin Cooper, are you kidding me? Listen here, buddy. I live on the coast. I know what's going on. And Chick-fil-A is the bomb. You are a freaking idiot to even say what you said. No wonder Jim Carrey shattered your career and told you you were a punk-ass little kid. You're nothing. And Jeff Schwartz, you're talking about Chick-fil-A? Are you kidding me? You're just pissed because your brother's still in the league and you're sitting on the sidelines. Why? Because you're a nobody that thinks he can make a better chicken sandwich than Chick-fil-A? Oh, my goodness. I almost I almost wrecked my truck when I was listening to the podcast. You know what? You and old Koopa Loop, why don't you guys take a long walk on a short pier because you disgust me. Chick-fil-A isn't the best ever. You guys, you know what? I got to hang up. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. That guy makes minimum wage at Chick-fil-A. That guy <laughs> is a that true American awesome. hero. Yeah, he is. I love that guy. I don't know who he is, but I love that he's a West Coast elitist who understands that Chick-fil-A is the greatest chicken sandwich in America. He also called He also called and left another voicemail. four minutes basically rip, ripping me for the entire four minutes. That one did not make the cut. Are you censoring now when people go after you? No. All right. But if you, if you want to hear it, I'll, I'll play it. But that one was, it felt mean to me. It felt mean to you? <laughs> Wait a minute. It felt mean to you because people said something mean about you? We just no, played no. 10 minutes of people tell me I'm not, we're going after every single iota of my self-worth. And you got one guy saying something mean about you and you said it felt mean to you? Put up a poll. If people want to hear it, we'll play it. Oh, I want to hear it. If it's mean to you, I want to hear it all day long. We just heard 10, 12 minutes, the whole show. The I hate you, Clay Travis segment is predicated on people hating me and people being mean to me. And somebody said something mean to you and you thought it felt mean? What yeah. kind of world are we living in here? <laughs> Final segment of the show. I don't want to hear from you right now. <laughs> Final segment of the show next on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, Montel Jordan brings us back. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. More hate. Voicemails running now. First of all, I hate you, Clay Travis, because you cut people off way too much. It's kind of ridiculous. You're like, oh, I'm going to fit all these people in. Final segment of the show. Take your calls. You let them say like three words. 
then you come on the air and talk for two minutes and repeat yourself on all the bullshit you've been talking about for the whole past three hours. So what's the point of even taking the calls, you butt-fucking idiot? Also, everybody talks about how you're gay. No surprise there. Probably one of those people who have like a random assortment of dildos hiding in your house. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me one bit. You're a moron. Anyway, I had so much to say to you because you're a moron, but can't hardly talk right now because I got people in my face. So anyway. I don't have a random assortment of dildos. I just have one. It's huge. It's gigantic. It's got a kickstand. I love it. It's called the home wrecker. Yeah. Clay Travis, are you f***ing serious? Kyrie and OKC here, bro. Game of Thrones? Man, f*** Game of Thrones. Man, f*** Game of Thrones, man. Talk about the f***ing sports, dude. What the f***, man? It's some bullshit. I don't hear about f***ing Game Fox Sports Radio. I hear about f***ing Game of Thrones. If I want to watch the f***ing show, I'll watch the f***ing show, man. Season 6, season 7. Man, who gives a f***, bro? Put that shit on Netflix, then I'll watch it and check it out. But until then, man, talk about anything else, man. That's some bullshit, man. F*** you and f*** Game of Thrones, man. Straight up, man. What the f***? First segment Monday, Game of Thrones, Episode 3, Season 7. Make sure you're here. 6 a.m. Fox Sports Radio. Be ready to roll. Game of Thrones. Hello, Clay. Clayton Travis. Once again, this is your best friend, uh, Heroin Harry, um, in the house tonight. Um, Heroin, actually not really. Wait, you don't know, though. I did heroin. No, I didn't. Actually, no, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, Once again, requesting you talk about NFL football. Um and um how much the Georgia Bulldogs suck um really 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 appreciate that uh you know yeah um you know I'm going to need some more drinks here even though I've already had too many the bartender cut me off punched him in the face you know uh cash um but but Clay you got to understand something man you got to stop talking about this LeBron James bullshit. All right, all right. You got to talk about, got to talk about good, like, and not, not. Please, if you, if you suck, Tom Brady, I swear to God, I, I swear. We had to cut him off. Phone number again, Jason Martin, eight five 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 hundred Clay. Am I correct? Yes, there? sir. Yes, sir. Eight five 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 hundred Clay. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year. Your opportunity to tee off on me, and we play him on Friday as we finish the show for the week. I appreciate all of you. Spectacular week. We'll be back Monday. Much for our boy there who called uh, earlier. Game of Thrones. Make sure you don't miss it. We'll talk about it Monday on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.